0: The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris.
1: Well, it is for everybody except Tom Wilson, who's going to be shy about $310,000.
0: On the other hand, he doesn't have to have something shoved up his nose every day, every time he reports to work
1: for a week. Love how you look at the positive side of things. I really do.
0: Hey, that's me. I am Mister Positive. Like the the New Day guys have nothing on me. Positivity positivity just flows from every pore in my body. My eyes run across something, and it's automatically just energized and enhanced from the mere presence of me. Uh-huh. Uh, like in like in the movie Shazam. You know, he's charging people's phones just by pointing his finger at them. I don't, I don't even have to point. It's just me. That's
1: that's fabulous. That really yeah. is. A, it's been a it's been a crazy week and, and we will explain the opening comment that I just made at, at some point during the show and we may even start with it. I don't know. Uh it's always a surprise for me. But it, it's been an it's been an interesting week. We've had some what you would call surprises. Uh, I'm sure that the stats would bear that out when it comes to a certain Florida Panthers player. Oh, Uh, that's, that one's a surprise. Um, the the Panthers themselves are a bit of a surprise. They Uh, they
0: continue to be a surprise. I mean, that division is right for someone to grab the, to grab a, a spot. There's three teams that we thought at the beginning of the season would make it in.
1: They and then, in fact, I should pull up the list and and verify that neither one of us actually had the Panthers anywhere near a playoff spot. Um, they would be what? Central? Oh, wait, no. Um, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Columbus, Carolina. Hmm. Yeah. No. Don't see a Florida Panthers listed there.
0: Um. Yeah. The the Dallas <laughs> pick isn't looking good right now either. <laughs>
1: Like I said, there have been many surprises this particular. Uh, and I had. Oh, wait. I had Nashville. Oops. Yeah. No. We both had Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Columbus. You had Carolina, and I had Nashville. Um, so,
0: oops.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That division has proven a little more interesting than anyone expected.
1: Do we. I mean, I know we talked about it last week, and, and I'm not trying to get into it, but. Is it more and more looking like Quenville's Adams trophy to lose, <laughs> or do we still have to consider Colleton? Because I still consider Colleton. Uh, Chicago is floating around in like the fifth spot now, if I'm not mistaken. But number four. St- oh, they are in a they are in a playoff spot. I know they're battling it out with,
0: and they still have a better uh, points percentage. Than the number three team in the Scotia Bank nor- in the Scotia North Division. Oh yes, Edmonton's at five seventy seven.
1: and Montreal is at 609. What? Uh, I was just saying we're contractually obligated. I forgot to mention when I said Central, I forgot to mention Scotiabank. Bank. Exactly. <laughs> um,
0: as well <laughs> as the as well as the um, Montreal Canadians who fired their coach.
1: Wait, um, stop. It's the Discover Central. Scotia is the sponsor for the Scotia North.
0: Scotia North, yes. Uh they have the same they say have the same points percentage as the Saint Louis Blues and the Honda West, and a better one than the Minnesota
1: uh than the Minnesota
0: Wild. So those are our
1: two those are still our two candidates then. I mean there was a there was a third. Uh yeah, mine was designated third place. There was a third. I mean, the Islanders being at the top of the Mass Mutual East
0: isn't as a, isn't nearly as exciting or interesting or surprising. Agreed. I mean, it's certainly possible, and Trot, uh, Barry Trotz is doing a good job as always. But,
1: but the thing is, their success over the last couple of years kind of brings him down to the down a rung behind the other two. So
0: this isn't I mean, them being in first at this point in the season is not nearly as shocking as Florida being in the playoff discussion at all, um, much less, much less chasing uh, their cross uh, state rivals. I mean, they have they're actually Florida is tied for first place. In in the central, they have the same number of points. You might actually, you might actually have good. to say oh, that yeah. again
1: before I have a because I think I I passed out. Florida is tied for first. Florida is tied for
0: first place in the Discover Central.
1: Yeah, wanted to make sure I heard you correctly.
0: <laughs> and yeah, um. 14 of their 15 wins have been regulation or overtime wins as opposed to a certain uh, local team in the mass mutual East who has 11 of their 13 wins, only 11 of their 13 wins in regulation or overtime. And Florida also has, you know, that better goal differential.
1: It's kinda of scary. I I, I I did not see it coming. I I knew that Quenville was gonna step in and eventually put his stamp on the team and, and And he has. And he has. And the thing is they're doing it without their Vesna winning goaltender. They're doing it with a backup uh kinda of like in, in Chicago. They got Chris Drieger down there who's just been lighting it up because Bobrowski has not been as advertised with that $10 million contract.
0: Uh, I think that we may not see another $10 million contract given to a goalie for at least five, six, seven years, because between <laughs> him yeah, and Carey Mara. price, between him and carry price, neither one of them is, has played like they've earned it. No, like you, neither it's one. just not going to work.
1: I mean, Jake uh, Allen is out playing Carey Price. Chris Drieger is out playing Bobrovsky. Halak is out playing Rask. Ooh, I slipped that last one in. Sorry.
0: Um, no, no, no. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> Every chance
1: I get. Wait, yeah, so who we all expected of you. So we got two Washington games in a row. One was Rask. One was Halak. Which one got the win? Just out of curiosity. Um,
0: I think I want to say it was uh the one where – uh. The one that led to a suspension.
1: Ooh, are we starting with that then? We
0: might start with that.
1: I so mean, It's going to take a few minutes because i got some things to say.
0: So <laughs> the other night, Friday night, it was a Friday night game, right?
1: It was a Friday night game, Friday night hockey in I'm Boston. I'm sitting here
0: in front of my TV, mm-hmm. actually in the same spot I am right now, and watching the game – I did uh, I did actually miss the hit, but watching the reactions on Twitter and, more importantly, the reactions of a generally fairly composed Boston Bruins team, it was occasionally amazing how much of a difference there was. I was told two or three times that the Boston Bruins were overreacting on Twitter. You know who you are. Um, overreacting?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Hmm. Overreacting to a clean hit.
1: Um, well, if you were to read Larry Brooks, you would know that, that, you know, he hits him, he hits his hand on his glove. No, slow it down, slow it down. And we'll get it in video replay. I'm, I'm jumping ahead, way ahead, but go ahead. So <laughs> when th- I have not seen the Bruins actually
0: have two or three different guys challenge the same player in a single game in most of a decade
1: well both Tonorty and Trent Frederick went after Tom Wilson
0: yeah and Tonorty went after him a second time and wouldn't couldn't get uh Wilson to drop the gloves
1: well that's cuz Tonorty kind of pummeled him in the first round in the first bout so it was it was kind of ugly <laughs> Wilson got a few good shots and I'm not going to take it but...
0: Wilson is a legit threat when he drops the gloves but Tenorti, Tenorti
1: held his own. He, he did all right. I, I had I, I would to have to score it right around even. Up to that point, had never seen Tenorti fight. Uh, I don't think that he's dropped the gloves as much as you would expect from a man his size. Yeah, but he hasn't he looked, played much in his, we'll call right, it, What Right, but he have like 90 games up to that point. Yeah. Uh, so he did look a little me eh, on his on his skates. But yes, Wilson is clearly uh, the more experienced, I would think. And, and just from watching the bout, I can't tell oh, you, cause I haven't gone and researched how many fights they both had. But Wilson clearly looked uh, and I don't know with Frederick. I think Frederick just is doing everything he can to endear himself to Boston and the Boston and the Boston faithful and. I mean, taking on Trent guys Frederick like Trent Frederick
0: never wants to see the inside of an AHL arena again. Period.
1: Agreed. agreed. Period. <laughs> agreed. Taking on guys like with with Trent Frederick, he reminds me of of the kid, uh, the new kid at the school, and somebody told him what he should do is in the schoolyard at recess. You go after the biggest guy in the yard, and then nobody will bother you again.
0: <laughs> yep and it seems like he's probably going to have uh it it seems like he's going to have a fist across the nhl tour or at least you know the seven teams in the division
1: well, i'm sure he managed to make himself get himself onto ovechkin's christmas card list so i
0: i am pretty certain that the exchanges between frederick and and ovechkin are going to continue for a number of years
1: But uh, back to back to Carlo. Uh, So you didn't see I actually didn't see it the first time I watched a replay of the game the next morning and I watched I find I watched the first period, which I had missed the night before. So when they came back for the second and I'm watching it, I'm like, "Uh, okay, what's going on? Everybody's up in arms. They show a Carlo hit and it's like, okay, happened in one minute, one and a half minutes left in the first period. He's engaged. He's up against the boards. He's got Jakubrana cross-checking him, so he's engaged with Verana, looking down at the puck in his skates. Yep. So he clearly doesn't see Tom Wilson, who, as it was stated by the office of player safety or or whatever you want to call that, uh, yeah, organ uh, that that office. Uh, he actually came at him at such an angle that. He was outside of Carlo's line of vision. Now, getting his head into the glass. And then as he's going down, Verona is still cross-checking him in the head, which was, again, not
0: ever (laughs) not ever addressed. You know what I am? I will give Verona I will give the league the free pass on Verona because we both know cross checks happen almost as often as people take
1: a stride skating. That's fine. When the guy's falling over to keep hitting him in the back of the head with your stick is kind of, uh, that, that should have been instantly called. Yes.
0: Should have been instantly called. cross check to the head is just plain dumb. Now here's, now the as as I mentioned, people were telling me, oh, they are, people are overreacting to a clean hit.
1: Overreacting. Mm-hmm. To
0: a clean hit. Clean hit. Overreacting. Clean hit. Got it. So here's what I was here's one of the things that I have maintained, and you can go back probably to our first dozen shows, and I've probably said it twice then. Slow motion is a lie. Slow motion is a lie. It is a big lie. It is a bigger lie than even what the boobs in D.C. tell us on a regular basis or the schmucks on the nightly news. Why? Because it looks and feels real. Your brain is unable to distinguish something happening at normal speed and something happening at one sixtieth of normal speed. Kind what, of that like means, what that means is if you see a 10 second clip at, at normal real life speed, it can take 60 seconds to watch the entire sequence. What can you do in 60 seconds? I'm not in the best shape of my life. I could still skate the length of the rink probably two or maybe even three times in 60 seconds. Think about that. I'm in terrible shape. I can't, I can barely skate. I could still do a lap at least two or three laps of the rink in 60 seconds. So when you're watching a hit where the people move less than a foot and you're taking, and it's taking sixty seconds to do that. It, no, it's not even close to reality. The only views of hits that should be, that should be any part of the review process, are, uh, are real time. You can use all the angles you want. You can use four hundred angles. You can mount cameras on every player's skates and helmet and belt buckle. Fine but it should all be at 100% of
1: real speed. I mean, the fact that the fact that the OPS got it right, and, and it, it, they describe it, uh, approaches from outside college field of vision, high, hard hit, makes direct contact with the head, violently in the glass, causing the injury. This is boarding. So they, they, they didn't even call it just like, uh, it, it, it is boarding.
0: Well, uh, you couldn't call it interference because the puck was there, Is it's hard to call low. it charging because the puck was there, but violently hit into the boards. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: textbook definition. And they even recognize it in the second part of it. They even recognize what other people are saying. I don't know if it's po- trying to be politically correct or whatnot, but they even say, go on to say, while there are aspects of this hit that may skirt the line between suspendable and not suspendable. It is the totality of the circumstances that caused this play to merit supplemental discipline. What separates this hit from others is the direct and significant contact to a defenseless player's face and head, causing a violent impact with the glass. This is a player with a substantial disciplinary record taking advantage of an opponent who was in a defenseless position and doing so with significant force. End quote. From the OPS, so they've taken into account the hit, the angle, the totality of the play, the fact that Wilson and, does have uh, a history. I think
0: that's ag- exactly where it should stop. In ninety nine out of a hundred cases, who's doing it leads to reputation calls, which leads to unfair suspensions. But quite frankly, if Patrice Bergeron, Sidney Crosby, or um, or Connor McDavid had delivered this hit, they would have been suspended
1: too. Don't think otherwise. I just know. And, and, and deservedly so. It doesn't matter who did. The problem is that, yes, you have plays like the game before when Ovechkin decided to play hide-and-go-seek with his hockey stick and Trent Frederick's reproductive organs. And clearly got you know the appropriate two minute roughing call.
0: Yes, because that's exactly what happened. I mean, and, and, roughing.
1: And, I, and what, what bothers me on top of that is that they turn around and they they find him the maximum allowable under the CBA of five thousand dollars. I'm sorry, but to Ovechkin. fine is like me paying a $50. I'm not wearing my seatbelt ticket.
0: The CBA is the CBA. It exists for a reason. I I would rather, I would rather see a, like, I think that one of the things that they could do and should consider in the next CBA is for plays like that. Award a major in the next conference in the next play, next game uh, between the two games, a war major the same,
1: between the same two teams, not in yes. the very, not in the very next game. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, you know, I'm even okay with the fine and the awarding of the major uh, for certain certain offenses. I mean, and and because yeah, that is a that is a play that changed the game.
1: Well, it changed it, it changed the game, but then that's where the whole Tenorti thing comes in and Tenorti gets into a fight with Tom Wilson, knocks him around a little bit and sparks the sparks the Bruins to go on and score three consecutive goals and the second of the third was really pretty goal. Uh, oh, the passing tic-tac goal, it was just uh, Trent Frederick tipping in his second. That was kind of like a... That was more of a uh, sorry, look at what's going on. You know, if you're not going to let if you're not going to penalize them, well, I'll just hurt them the other way and score a goal on their team. Um, Oh, yeah. It was Uh, was gorgeous. I mean. But the, the they handled themselves in a controlled fashion and it was something that was said on on the on the telecast uh, where the players were under control they 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 didn't go out and do stupid things to get back at them they didn't say dumb things at the end uh, one of the bruce cassidy for all all of the <clears throat> comments that i've had about his coaching style and his ability the man knows how to communicate in his press conference it was the best way of saying that the referees absolutely Sucked without saying the referee, the referees absolutely sucked. It was, it it, it was a thing of oral beauty, uh, listening to him. Uh, It just, it it bothers me because that's not the only thing that happened. We had the Ovechkin thing, but there was also Brett Pesci slew footed Robbie Fabry. And I saw this because I happened to be watching the game when it happened. He literally stick and foot just upends Robbie Fabry as they go into the bench. It was ugly. And I don't even think there was a tripping call on the play. I don't believe that there
0: was. Uh...
1: It just it, 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 and that's why I and that's why I found an, an article from Larry Brooks. It, it, I mean, it's his weekly slap shots where he talks about various and sundry things. But his first thing was that the NHL keeps looking the other way on the violent play. Um Larry Brooks
0: was waxing poetic in the, the article that we're talking about and it's, he makes a point. Brooksy takes a lot of nonsense, but these are the columns that deserve it. Um, because yeah, he's a little tiny bit over the top in
1: this one. You think, uh, yeah, (laughs) just a little, which comment would have put it over the top. (laughs) Um
0: probably the byline. I think this week it was probably the
1: byline. So NHL referees are kind of done with policing the game. That's pretty much it. Am I right? I I would say the opening line is pretty much (laughs) It's
0: the it's the death knell for civility from him in uh in
1: that in this article. Because uh, then he goes, I love the second line. The Capitals' Tom Wilson, flashing that lifetime get out of jail free card with which he has been endowed by the laughably named Department of Player Safety, ran Brendan Carlo's headed to the glass on Friday, and the league immediately went into contortions attempting to find the technicality to get the Washington Predator off.
0: <laughs> the le- legitimately the purple prose in that uh, in this column is. Uh, Pretty amazing, and this I guy, don't know this if... This
1: guy can write some... I mean, some of the stuff he puts out, uh, it's like, oh, come on. But This, this, uh, this guy,
0: article is... I don't disagree with some of his points. I also think that he's being ridiculous on purpose.
1: Um, yes, good call. Good. Call. It's uh, in, getting attention, <laughs> or, or attracting the attention, or diverting the attention to where it needs to be or i i just i think that hits like this because there are a lot of people who want violent and want violent hits who want fighting and like they said in the fight with tenorty and, and tom wilson this is the reason fighting exists in hockey absolutely because when the officials don't do the appropriate thing in game the players police it themselves they get the fight, they get it out of the way, and then it's forgotten about. Unfortunately in this situation, because there was a player injured, it wasn't forgotten about as easily. But typically, when it's handled by the players, it's over and done with. They move yes. on with the game and that's it. You're never gonna get fighting out of the game, and I'm not going into a long diatribe here. You just yes, you're sir. not it's not gonna happen. No nope, um,
0: I think we've killed that one. A lot. Yeah. Uh, it's finally happened, It or the claims are that it has finally happened. The Buffalo Sabres are wide open for business.
1: Really? Mm.
0: Wide open for trades. Um, I really Except doubt that Eichel. anyone not named. Uh, I think that there's only Jack Eichel who's probably safe uh, from being moved.
1: At this point, yes. And according to the GM, he hasn't asked for a trade. So. Kevin, um, Kevin Adams has come out and actually made some comments that I was surprised at. Go for it. No, I'm just going along with your Sabres wide open for business. I found an article... Uh, on right on the NHL website, Sabers competitiveness questioned. GM says everything's being evaluated, which leads right into your they're open for business.
0: Uh, yeah, Sportsnet uh, Sportsnet uh, TV the other night. Um, There's a segment and I was watching it, and you know what? I'm not surprised. In fact, I think this is overdue because I don't think this team was built the right way. There's a lot of old guys who are just good enough to stay in the NHL, but not good enough to contribute to a winner. And several young guys who are pretty much the same way. Colin Miller, no. (laughs) Matt Irwin, also no.
1: Wow. (laughs) Not surprised Um, there. We've seen Matt Irwin up close and personal. (laughs) Bye-bye. Tobias Reeder what exactly
0: has he done in his, I don't know.
1: The problem is he's like
0: 28. He's never, he, the most goals he ever scored was back in the 16, 17 season in Arizona. He had 16 goals. That's it. That's more goals than he's had. That's almost as many goals as he's had in that's more goals than he's had in the last three seasons Mm -hmm. because he's only had eight and one year he went 67 games for the oilers without having a single goal not a single goal
1: so i've got i've got a, a, a sentence for you here in this nhl article about kevin adams and his comments it says he was asked if it was time to start over and rebuild Adam said he didn't believe in rebuilding with a specific time frame. He wakes up every day looking for solutions and being open to improvement.
0: Oh, just OK. So clearly they <laughs> hired a yes man or a really pretty speaker in. Sorry, you didn't mean to laugh. Out loud. Well, yeah, I did. But in okay. Buffalo, like that's not a real answer. If Very your, good. <laughs> if your plan is to react to everything, you don't have a plan. You literally don't have a plan and don't understand what planning is. Um, <clears throat> another one, Curtis Lazar, 26 years old. I don't know why he did not started. 304 NHL games. Mm-hmm. Care to guess what his top goal-scoring season in the NHL is?
1: 13 goals. Six. Ouch. Six. Wow.
0: A number he last achieved In 2015 16 with the Ottawa Senators.
1: Wow. Uh, That's not impressive. I'm sorry, that's not impressive.
0: Nope, no, it's not. Let's take Cody Egan. I think Cody Egan is a reasonable depth player, but even there, He's not doing much. He went from twenty-two goals a season or twenty-two goals in his last season in Vegas, eighteen nineteen. Cody Egan. To all of forty in forty-nine games last year, all of five goals. And in twenty-two games this season, he has one. 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 And they're And they're sending him uh, checks for about two and a half. Nice. Yes. And let's see, Victor Olofsson.
1: Oh, the young kid, rookie uh, rookie of the year candidate last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, He had a solid year last year, 54 games, 20 goals, 42 points.
1: 42 Um,
0: and 54, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. Uh, But this year, he seems to be a little... He's probably on about the same pace, except that his plus minus
1: has plummeted. See, I don't think that I don't think that he's going to I don't think he's he's going to affect that that much. I don't think he's going to be moved. But the problem is the problem is they want to move, you know, whether they want to move or don't want to move. The fact that like half the squad is underperforming makes them unmovable because people aren't going to want them.
0: Kyle Poso. He, he has been there since the 2016-17 season, mm-hmm. and hasn't cracked twenty goals since he since he got there. Wow! In fact, this year in seventeen games, he has precisely zero goals. Zero.
1: There you go. Zero. Zero. Yeah. I mean the fact that the fact that their own star ten million dollars a year. What Jack is it Eichel with that number? Has, I don't know what it is with ten mil, but it's like you get to that ten million number, and unless your name is Connor McDavid, forget about it. Because Jack Eichel has two goals this year, two. That's pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, points wise, he's almost a point per game because he has so many assists, but he has two goals.
0: And you know what? If he's going to be a supreme setup man, fine. If he can actually maintain close to a point per game on a literally terrible team, he's probably doing as much as he can. 17 points, 20 games. I can live with that. I'm I'm curious why the points drop, why the goal scoring drop off. If there's an injury that hasn't been disclosed, because last year in 68 games, he had 36 goals, which is really good. Again, on a completely terrible team.
1: I'm um, trying to figure out I don't know who was on his line uh, who was on his who were his line mates last year that I mean well, Jeff he's Skinner not,
0: was out a lot of last year um, but even Skinner doesn't have a. Jeff Skinner doesn't have a goal this year nope <sighs> uh, like nope just nope nope okay um,
1: <laughs> nope
0: um like I, I, no, I'm li- I, I'm literally speechless on that one, because whatever you want to say about Jeff Skinner, nope, <laughs> he's always been able to score if he was something close to healthy.
1: Uh, so either because- A, he's still not healthy, or B, he just wants out. He's played think- in 19 games. The man has one assist. One. This
0: like this legitimately if. I- if I am the Pagulas. just looking at the goals between Skinner and Eichel mm-hmm. and even Ocposo this year, even more than the other team that we're going to talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. this is a bulldoze the organization um, and get rid of everybody behind the scenes. Uh, that's closer to the team than the ticket sellers and start over
1: your number one goal scorer and point getter is Sam Reinhardt.
0: And yes, he's got like seven goals, eight, nine. OK, he has never in his NHL career been a star.
1: He play he plays on. He plays on Eichel's line. I think the line now is Eichel, Reinhardt, and Hall. I think, or it was at one point. I don't know if they're all still together, but
0: hey, does it even does it even matter with how bad this team is? I mean, yes, you should be trying different things, but on the other hand, when everyone's playing awful, everyone's playing awful.
1: Yes. I will say that uh, Buffalo can't actually blame Rasmus Ristolainen for all of their woes because he's only a minus 5 while their wonderkind other Rasmus uh, Daline is a minus 22. Uh, and
0: I I am staggered that Jeff Skinner still doesn't have a goal. Like I haven't paid as close attention to the Sabers this year, clearly, because well, they're not good. Um, so their games, there haven't been many games on TV, and quite frankly, games like they must be participating in probably probably stink on ice.
1: I'm I, I I'm baffled because we managed to talk this long about Buffalo and. I still about don't the, have goaltending, too. Not one about the goaltending, because I'm sorry, A, when he got there, I said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Buffalo blue. Carter Hutton, not a starting goaltender. Has never been. He's good in spurts, but that's it. Linus Omar has not been healthy enough to decide whether he can be or should be a number one. I think he can. His goals against is almost a goal lower per game and he's played four more games he's played three more games and started four more than Hutton his save percentage is markedly higher at 919 but they yep. insist on on Carter Hutton uh goals against 244 versus 340 so i think you need to bite the bullet and just go with lane go with Linus Allmark and you gotta find you gotta find a goaltending tandem, and I, you you don't even want to use the Bruins as an example. Find somebody else. but uh, Corpusalo and Merzlikens. and Corpusalo is is struggling right now, I think, in in Columbus because Merzlikens has been out hurt. Corposalo started like ten games in a row. It's ridiculous. And Anybody. at the pace that the, pl- that the
0: league is playing this season, that's that's a lot. Yes, <clears throat> and I mean, you know you even, look at the you look at the team. There's no it, you can't even blame injuries this year for for the play. None of their key players have really missed that many games. <clears throat> um, high of twenty two games played for most of the play for the players. Mm-hmm. Only 26 guys have, sk- have taken the ice as a skater uh, this season. Reinhardt, who leads the team in scoring, only has only played 20. Olofsson has played 22. Eichel has played 22. Hall has played 22. Darlene has played 22. Okay. Rasmus and of the regulars has missed probably the most. He's only played 15 games. Eric Stahl, designated old guy. I was going to say, the the elder statesman of the
1: group has played 22.
0: He's played 22. Um, Curtis Lazar has been in 20. Colin Miller has been in 21, and they should really fix that.
1: Um, Colin Miller has more goals than Jeff Skinner.
0: Colin Miller has more goals than Jeff Skinner and Jack Eichel.
1: No, he has the same as Jack.
0: He has as many as the two of them put together, which is... (laughs) wrong. It's Dylan Dylan Cousins has more goals again than Eichel and um, Skinner put together. Mm -hmm. Riley Shahan who did really well when he was playing for uh, the Penguins two goals one assist
1: in 22 games
0: 22 games
1: Only Tobias Reader doesn't like passing because he has no assists. I did there's honestly just so that much
0: that may be the that may be the secret in the secret poison in the in the pot. There's a lot of players on this team, from just memory of watching some of them, who don't pass well, or don't pass. I mean, you can count on Stahl to pass, you can obviously count on Eichel to pass, Hall. He's leaned a little goal heavy most of his career. Right now, he's assist today. He's assist heavy, but hmm. you look at um, Jeff Skinner, not a passer. He tries no. to carry the puck all the time. Cody Egan, not a passer. No. Casey Middlestat, not a passer. Um, Matt Casey Irwin is playing terribly. Um, Kyle Ocposo, not a passer. Uh, and that's that's a whole lot of minutes.
1: Kevin Adams has... Uh, I don't know if Kevin Adams realizes the amount of work in front of him. And he's talking about they're open for business and...
0: But he, he's just going to
1: take it day by day and look for solutions to problems. As we said, he, he doesn't, he doesn't re- believe in rebuilding in a timeline. No? <sighs>
0: what timeline is he living in then?
1: I mean... <laughs> doesn't believe in rebuilding with a specific time frame. So Uh he doesn't want to rebuild for now, or he doesn't want to rebuild for next year. He doesn't believe in a specific time. So he's just going to rebuild for... Ever. The future. Forever. In the
0: ether. He's going to rebuild until he's no longer general manager. Next year? It should be last week. (laughs) Like... There's a marvelous term that I first heard probably eight or nine years ago, um, Uh and it's abbreviated as RGE, resume-generating event.
1: This interview might have
0: been a— That
1: statement? RGE. This interview,
0: yes. Like, that statement alone in my book says, pack your stuff, Mr. Adams— we're going to go fumigate your office and everywhere else you've touched in the building and start over.
1: I mean, the article starts out, Kevin Adams called out the Buffalo Savers' competitiveness and said everything is being evaluated, including Coach Ralph Krueger, in a frank 30-minute media session Friday. I speak from the heart here. Not happy. That's fine because your brain
0: <laughs> not in the building.
1: Part of my job is to raise the standard, the expectations and the accountability in this organization. And in this case, not when he says need- standard, he's using
0: it as a synonym for flag. So he probably <laughs> literally runs the Buffalo Sabres flag up uh, the pole outside the building in the morning.
1: <laughs> we're not where we need to be. I can hear excuses. I'm just going to be honest with you, but it's unacceptable. That's great. And you're doing what about it? Well, we don't believe in rebuilding in a specific time frame. I'm sorry, though. No, this guy's got to go. Bye. <laughs> Next.
0: <laughs> Pagulas, please call me. Please just drop me an email.
1: Well, we know how much the Pagulas love to replace people.
0: Look, you give me three years and I will guarantee you higher standings in the roster uh, in the NHL by the end of the three years.
1: No, they want Stanley Cup.
0: Give me five years and I will guarantee <laughs> Give me we will a be decade. <laughs> out of the first round. We will make it out of the first round.
1: Oh, goodness. Because
0: legitimately this team is bad. Yes. Like they have,
1: they have good players, but the team overall is bad.
0: The sum of the parts, uh, or the the sum of the parts, or the sum is lesser than the total of its parts. Yes. Like, <clears throat> Jake McCabe has only played in 13 games. Him, Rasmus, the third Rasmus, because apparently there was a sale on them. Um mm-hmm. Him and like two other players have a plus, have a positive uh, plus minus this season.
1: I they pulled that off. That team is terrible.
0: Right. Exactly. It's the whole team is terrible. And like you can't. I mean, we identified year, then, passing as one of the issues.
1: You know what killed that team is that there was no fall hockey. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't actually be in first place. They started at a point of the season where they're normally already in last. So familiarity breeds contempt on.
0: Oh, my. The other uh, teeny tiny thing uh, that seems to be an issue.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, Care to take a guess what Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall's uh, shooting percentages are this year?
1: Uh, well, he's only got two goals, so I'm going to have to go low and say, like, I don't know, 8%.
0: Uh, I think he'd be jumping for joy. Either one of them would be jumping for joy if they could get it that high.
1: Eichel's
0: is 3-3. Hall's is 3-5. Like, burn their sticks, burn their gloves, find something completely different for them. Because whatever it is they're doing, it's wrong.
1: I don't know. We talked about it when Hall signed there. It didn't seem to make sense to me at the time. Uh, Taylor Hall is not young man. He's not old by any stretch, but he's not a no. young man. And if he was looking for some place to just collect a paycheck, then he went to the right place. If he was looking for some place where he was going to go deep into the playoffs. Definitely no. wrong. But yes.
0: I, I, given how bad his season last year was in Arizona, I don't know if he had at cho- much choice. But even still, Eichel has only got... Three shots per game. How much Hall's. better?
1: Uh, sorry, I'm just. How much the, better would Hall be on it? Yeah. How 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 much better would Hall stats be on a team such as? And I don't even want to go with Boston. I don't know. Dude.
0: Carolina, send him yeah. to Carolina.
1: Sure, Carolina.
0: He'd have ten goals by now.
1: Because be there's digits, other people yeah. who
0: can skate and pass on that team. Yes. Uh, You put Jack Eichel, uh, hell, put Jack Eichel in Minnesota this year with as many assists as he has. He's probably at, he's probably at 35 points, not 17. Minnesota, not, not a team that we expected to enter the season as an cup contender, and I still don't buy them as a cup contender, I don't but it either. looks like they'll be in the playoffs at this point, this season, uh, because of the way uh, the league is structured for now. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you put him on that team this year, he probably has 35 points, and Minnesota might actually be another two-place, they might actually be in like second place in that division, which is Nearly (laughs) aneurysm-inducing. Yeah. While we're talking about disasters...
1: uh, Which disaster would you like to jump on?
0: Well, there's uh, the... We've talked about how this team... I've said for probably two years that this team died in the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years back and has never been the same since. They've afi- officially reached the point of no return.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about Vegas?
0: I am not talking about Vegas.
1: because <laughs> They've done a pretty good job rebounding
0: <laughs> I am talking about the apparently toothless and clawless, clawless Nashville Predators.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, by the way, as we're as 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 we're blowing them up, just to just to add a little, you know, spice to the fire, so to speak. Um, yeah. How do you lose four players since Tuesday? <laughs> At least four.
0: I mean, there might have been one or two more that slipped in after that article.
1: Ryan Ellis gone. Uh <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Who were who the other ones? I don't even remember. Ryan Ellis, Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne is out three to five weeks. Ryan Ellis, gone. Luke Cunnan, gone. Yusei Saros, gone. <laughs> he he Maybe, went on uh, Thursday. Uh, since Tuesday, they've lost four players. The one player that seems to be playing down there is the one guy that I think you and I both wanted the Bruins to try and acquire, Matthias Ekholm. <laughs> There was talk about him being moved, and you know what? The Bruins—they can, can af- can't afford to move him now in in, in Nashville. <laughs> Maybe they can't afford not to, because
0: they gave up a hat trick to Noel Achary. Yes.
1: Oh, but by the way, I love Noel Achary. Well, he was fabulous here, and but I mean, Dude, physical presence He was it all on the ice every night. So, if I were, and I know we discussed it, uh, if I were to tell you, and you hadn't heard me say it in the pregame, that there are only three players ahead of him in number of hat-tricks since the 1920 season, would you have been surprised?
0: I would have thought that That, there was a serious error in the way that the database for uh, NHL statistics was taken uh, and kept.
1: Number one, David Postonoff. Six hat-tricks since the 1920 season. The kid's ridiculous as far as yep. scoring goals. Number two and three are actually tied. And, and it's Alexander Ovechkin and Connor McDavid with four. you expect to see those names.
0: Like, those three names in any order are <laughs> something that you can predict.
1: Number four on the list, Noel Achari. Noel <laughs>
0: As as I said, pregame. And this is where anyone he... who doesn't live in Boston or outside of Miami goes, what the bleep is
1: Anola Chari? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, we knew, we knew him here, but not as the goal-scoring aficionado that he seems to become in Florida. It, here in Boston, he was fourth line, sometimes third. Played on the penalty kill, physical guy, loved to go in the corners, got in front of the net, dirty areas, got the scrappy goals here and there, but, I mean, he goes to Florida and he has a season where he puts in two hat-tricks, I think they're in the course of like a week or something like that. Yes. Ends up being a 20-goal (laughs) scorer In just 66 games, yep. (laughs) And now he's got himself a third (laughs) hat-trick. I I I mean there's Are we no missing there's something literally here? no accounting for this. Completely underutilized in Boston? I mean what happened?
0: <laughs> underutilized, uh maybe I, I just don't know. But this this is a great thing for for the Panthers as they gear up for an actual playoff run. Because they're they're not going to be an easy out, and with the way the central division is structured, uh, are you ready for your favorite phrase?
1: Oh yeah, go ahead.
0: If the playoffs started today, they would be facing the Carolina Hurricanes in a series that I don't know who I'd pick. Carolina has the playoff experience. But Florida, even as the theoretical uh, favorite, mm-hmm. there's no pressure on them. No external pressure. P- I think almost everyone is going to pick Carolina because Carolina does have that, uh, has, has made it out of the first round and out of the second round recently.
1: So... So, so we blowing up Nashville, and the final nail in the coffin is the fact that Nolachari scored a hat trick on them. Nolachari, <laughs> who
0: again I think is a fantastic depth player. Oh yeah. Who I mean, has in his two hundred and sixty one NHL games a total the, of sixty one points and a total of four and forty one of those points goals.
1: And that's oh, it. By, by the way. Unsigned rookie uh, undrafted rookie free agent signing by the Boston Bruins. after they invited him to development camp after graduating from Providence College after four years, where yep. he won a national championship.
0: The Pride of Jonestown, Rhode Island,
1: as a captain. Uh, the guy the guy had skills. I mean, we saw him when he came to Dev Camp. Uh, I had seen him playing in a couple of college games, knew he was pretty good. At the college level, he was more of a scorer at the college level. But mm-hmm. when he got to when he got to the pros, his game certainly it's, seemed to fit more in the physical aspects, and well, he was, that's what not, made him a good Bruin. He's not fast, but
0: no. at five ten and nearly two ten, you have to be you have to be moving to knock him off the puck. Like that's a I mean. At, Patrice uh, Patrice Bergeron doesn't weigh two ten, and he's hard to knock off the puck, and like th- four, three and a half inches taller. Brad Marchand is about the same height, an inch or two shorter, and thirty pounds lighter, and is hard to knock off
1: the puck. Is that the equivalent of like Sergei Samsonov being five eight and one eighty five?
0: Well, Sergei Samsonov and, and Matt and Brad Marchand are about the same size. Um. At five ten and two ten, yeah, Nolachari is he's he's a
1: beast. <laughs> um, and he's I'm, not pre- at, I'm pretty sure that's not the same two ten that I would be at. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that two ten is all muscle. <laughs> he's he's pretty well muscled. Yes,
0: uh, I saw him in just a t shirt once uh, in one of his interviews in the locker room and. Yeah. There's uh, he's probably not uh, eating Twinkies between between periods.
1: That would be a good guess. I don't think he's eating Twinkies, no.
0: It it, it is just a hunch, but we'll we'll try and get confirmation from people. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Joel Quenville?
1: <laughs> <It's Yes>. Joel.
0: <laughs> We're gonna call Quenville and we can probably get a hold of maybe Maybe we can get a hold of Sean Thornton. I mean, he's pretty well
1: connected. Wait, doesn't Sean work down? In-
0: Sean was working as VP of Retail Operations. Uh, was he? The, was he?
1: Was he working in the off, in the front office when they when they took Nola from us? May well pre- hmm. I'm thinking tampering. We need to call the league. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so where do we want to go next?
1: Uh oh, we have to talk about the second firing. We've had another coach go down, and it's again in the Scotiabank North Division.
0: That division,
1: I kind of wish I had them, right?
0: bought the NHL package this year so that I could watch more of the games there, because it's been, they've been very entertaining. Um, But yes, the Calgary Flames, who, in my very, very humble opinion, mm-hmm. have become... In a, in a lot of ways, have become the uh, the Vancouver Canucks of the old Northwest Division, just good enough to get into the playoffs, not good enough to be scary. Um, I think that this isn't this isn't as surprising as I would as I expected it to be, because they're not that good a team.
1: Well, you, you we had talked about coaches and and we had actually discussed coaches that potentially could have been fired probably a couple weeks ago. It was either just before or same show where we talked about Julian being let go by the Canadians. Yes. And you had said that Jeff Ward was probably going to be the next coach or one of the next coaches uh, to be let go. The surprising aspect to it was that, A, he didn't know it was coming and B it happened after they won seven to three and they turned around and still canned him. I mean, at least wait until there's a loss. I mean, I seven to three win. I mean, that's pretty decisive win. And then, Oh, by the way, we're still letting him go.
0: And that, and I think that sends a bad message to the players because if success and Literally, uh, if success isn't good enough, you know, what does that what does that say to the players?
1: I mean, you fired him after a win. That's just that's new to me. I,
0: it, I mean, Daryl Sutter is back in the NHL, which I suppose is
1: big news because I knew it was going to happen at some point. He oh, we, he, we we we've talked about it the whole time. He's um, been candidates in other places. I completely forgot about the fact that he almost got there with after having won the Stanley Cup twice with the Kings in twelve and fourteen. Yep, I completely forgot that he almost got there back in the day, and I, you know it was sixteen years ago or seventeen years ago back in two thousand four or five, whatever it was, uh, with Calgary, and that that might be a driving force for him. Plus he's from the Alberta region. Um, So for him to go back there, not a surprise. Uh, The way that Brad Trilliving likes to replace people, this is his fifth coach in his tenure with the team. Yep. So it's not a shock that he's firing coaches. Uh, If Daryl Sutter can get, the Calgary Flames, and he has some of the pieces in place. If he can get them to play the same defensive, hard-hitting style that he had the Kings playing when they won the Cup, they should vault themselves back into the playoffs. I mean, right now they're sitting fifth. It's not like they're totally out of it. I think they're four four points behind fourth place. Something like that. Yeah. He's got. I mean. Lucich Milan Lucich is there, knows what Daryl Sutter's coaching style, playing style is like, or, or what he expects the players to do. Uh, got himself into a fight last night, actually, which was quite entertaining. He knocked around Darnell Nurse. By the way, they're good friends.
0: Oh, the, the fun part about that fight is <laughs>
1: but Darnell friends. Nurse
0: looked like the small guy in that fight. I mean, he was the small guy in that fight. <laughs> in that And fight Darno Nurse is
1: not small. In that fight, he is the small guy, though. And Milan still knocked him around. But they're good friends, just not uh, on the ice. Hey, you're my friend, but I'm still going to kick the crap out of you. <laughs> Darno Nurse, 6'4",
0: 220,
1: and change. And Milan,
0: 6'4", 230, or 220, and change. And Milan Lucic looked like... He was fighting his little brother. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, Nurse actually did better than expected in a fight like that
1: because he held his own. I will give him credit. What I said. because
0: when... Lucic, Lucic is a monster. Yes.
1: Like, mm-hmm. well, we know we know very well firsthand because we got to see it for what I don't know five, six, seven years.
0: <laughs> but I. I mean, it wasn't Lucic throwing with the rage that we've occasionally seen him.
1: Yeah, I think that I, I think there was a little bit of holding back, I, recognizing that it was his friend, but it was still not on the ice. We're not friends. <laughs> it, it, it was
0: Lucic was still throwing with the intent of saying, I still own this yard. Yes. You're
1: here on sufferance. <laughs> You get to be here because I deem it so. You to be here. And now we're going to have to remind you of that. <laughs> so come here, but grabs him by tilt. the jersey, slinging him around. It was like, at one point I felt bad. I'm like, darn no nurse needs to get off this ride. <laughs> uh,
0: they both managed to get through without, without being hurt. And I think that's
1: that was really the, all you can yeah. ask for. Uh, the other fight in that game was um, the old deal James Neal started to throw down with uh, Matthew Kachuk and while they said oh it went the distance and and James Neal is not a good fighter
0: (coughs) what happened to inspire James Neal to fight any (laughs) member of the Kachuk family because I think Keith could probably still whip his backside. Um, yeah, I, I'm i really going to have to track that fight down
1: because, yeah, uh, that wasn't just Boggles. It was along the boards. They were both getting ready for uh, uh, Neil was going off for a line change. Kachuk, I'm sure, said something to him because that's Kachuk's playing style. He likes to chirp. And... All of a sudden, he came back on. He had, like, one skate off the ice. He comes back onto the ice, and, and next thing you know, they're both dropping gloves, no instigator, no nothing, which is the way it should have been. There was no instigator. They both dropped the gloves equally. And there's James Neal fighting Matthew Kachuk. And I was like, uh, does he not realize who that is? Oh, maybe he does. <laughs> uh,
0: Does he not realize how bad that can go for him? Yeah. Because while Kachuk isn't... Exactly the best fighter in the league, or probably even in the top ten. That doesn't mean he's bad at it.
1: <laughs> true, true. I didn't think you looked all that good, but yeah, no. Uh
0: you <clears throat> know, James Neal isn't that small. I mean at 6'3 and 212, it's it's not like he's a featherweight. Uh in fact, I think he's bigger than Kachok is.
1: Yeah, sounds like it. He looked like it. I don't know if he was just wearing bigger shoulder pads, but he looked he looked bigger than Matthew. I I mean replacing back to the firing. Jeff Gord going Jeff Ward still got himself a young coach, got a winning record. It's not like he's going to be without a job. No. I think you'll see him
0: somewhere back in the league with uh probably by the midpoint of next season
1: at the latest. Mm. Compare records. Jeff Ward, 35, 26 and five as a head coach. His first, this was his first stint as head coach. Yep. Thirty five wins, twenty six and five. Daryl Sutter, the guy replacing him, <laughs> six thirty four, four sixty seven, one hundred one, and eighty three. I don't even know where that comes from uh, <laughs> because he's been in the league forever. Since oh, they, they actually ties. had so they actually had ties back then. Yes, okay,
0: yeah. Yeah, that far back. <laughs> Damn, yeah, is. Uh, Neil is a good 10 pounds and an inch taller than uh, Kachuk.
1: His last, uh, Sutter's last job was an advisor to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, his deal is with, for three years, with Calgary. Not surprised, like I said. Uh, and if he can get them to play the way he had LA playing, uh, I think it's a good thing. It's good to bring some physical back. He's got some interesting players up there that can bring the physical and some that well, I don't see Johnny Gaudreau bringing the physical.
0: I I think most people would prefer him not to try it Yeah, because uh, they prefer him to be on the ice and rather than the ice on him. <laughs> um, and this is actually his second go around as head coach uh, yep. in with the Calgary Flames. Um, some people will remember he was there from the 2002 2003 season uh, through 0506
1: um, and in that Stanley second Cup. year
0: that they did lose in the finals.
1: So he feels that there's a little bit of unfinished business. In fact that was one of the first things that come out of his mouth when he it's just funny because like I said Jeff Ward fired after winning the games winning the game 7 to three. They had
0: had already clearly decided that this was going to be their new head coach. And I think that realistically, the only the only two teams that Sutter was coming out of out of his retirement to coach would have been Edmonton or Calgary because he wanted to be at home in Alberta as much as possible. Um, And that was one of the things that he said when he took his I when he said, yeah, I think I'm done coaching uh, four years ago.
1: Yeah. No, I knew he wasn't done coaching then.
0: No, Uh, no, I don't think anyone believed him, but him.
1: I mean, they beat the auto center seven to three. He was 11. He he was 11, 11, and two this year. So he was 500 team. He wasn't lose. It wasn't a losing record. Wasn't fabulous, but it wasn't a losing record. Uh, he, Jeff Ward holds court with the media after the win And as it says, appeared unaware of his fate. So his final quote is, we've got to get ourselves ready again for another hard hockey game. We're really not thinking about what's happened in the past. We're thinking about what we need to do to prepare ourselves for the next one. He had no clue that this was coming. Well, I I wouldn't say no clue, but I don't think he was expecting it after a 7-3 win. Yeah. Because his comments clearly did not indicate that he was coaching his last game. So I feel bad for the guy, but he, I also think that he's going to be coming around. He's got a winning record. It's only his first stint. So we'll see him again.
0: Maybe he uh, ends up in Vancouver.
1: Interesting. I, I still am not sure that Vancouver should be replacing Travis green yet, but
0: I'm sorry, not Vancouver, um, Seattle. Cause they, they still haven't hired a head coach.
1: Julian's still out there too, though. I, it depends on the kind of team that they're going to draft. And
0: is Julian really going to go to the Western Conference for the first time
1: at his age? Well, no. Look at where, but he's, coached. Look he's, at where he's coached. He's still close. He's still Claude Julian, though. I mean, I understand that, but he's still close. Julian. I mean, we're talking about a guy who Stanley Cup with Boston.
0: Yep. But is he willing to actually coach on the West Coast when he knows he maybe sits a year and a half, and you know plays with his kids and uh, goes golfing and boating, and that? has an NHL job in? Maybe he takes the range. Maybe he ends up taking the Rangers job uh, if the fa- if the loudest fans get their way about Quinn.
1: So Claude uh, Julian will only coach if it's an original sixteen. team.
0: I mean, he did coach the Devils, but... Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm saying that I, I really think... I really don't... I, I have trouble seeing him going
1: to the Western Conference. I... I I can see where you're coming from. Okay, yeah. And, and Jeff Ward already being out there, and he knows the... You know, playing against the Western Conference, you would have a little bit more familiarity. They're going to go back to the old divisions after this season. So... It is a possibility. I, I, I'm i not going to rule it out. Jeff Ward might be a good candidate for that. Uh, Got to wait and see who else. I mean, Torts, uh, if that should go south.
0: Torts is absolutely the wrong personality for that team.
1: Yes. Uh.
0: For that market, <laughs> rather.
1: Uh, yeah, I that, yeah, you're right. Jeff That's Ward. not you're right. That's not going to fly. OK, <laughs> I could not see Jeff Ward
0: giving press conferences in Seattle and not being like tarred and feathered in the media immediately.
1: Who, John Tortorella,
0: John, uh, John Tortorella, like Claude Julian barely <laughs> says anything. John uh, Tortorella barely <laughs> keeps anything inside his lips. Um
1: <laughs> So we can't send Tortorella. We can't send Paul Maurice. Um, It's probably a good thing that Brian Burke is working in Pittsburgh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, Even even probably Rod Brindamore is not a great idea up there.
1: (laughs) It takes a certain kind of (laughs) panache. (laughs) Okay. fair enough. So we can rule out some coaching prospects. All right. Good to know. I just, I, I think that Calgary, yeah, they're, tw- they're four points out of a playoff spot. Montreal's ahead of them. Uh, they're a minus eight in goal differential, but they just got Markstrom back. So we'll see if that helps out in the, in the goaltending arena. Other than that, their team is their team is not a terrible team. So uh, we'll see what's going on. Great team, though. They're not even
0: okay. Can you look at this team and say it's one of the top four teams in the league? No. Is it one of the top eight teams in the league? No. Is it one of the top ten teams in the league?
1: I think they're right outside of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that means that. I mean, their chances when you're that far out without adding someone significant or more, probably more than one person, because I think that they have multiple holes that need filling, um, your chances aren't good without a great deal of luck. Um, cap wise, they really don't have any maneuvering room. They've got a projected 371,000 in cap space uh that's not very much and for next year they've got tw- uh, 12 players signed and only 15 million assuming the cap stays at 81 and a half and I don't think anyone's actually assuming that at this point um i don't know that this is going to be a I think this might be the beginning of the rebuild for them. Which okay. makes Daryl Sutter a really weird pick.
1: I don't know. Trevor Living didn't sound like he was ready to start a rebuild, but it, the team itself, just looking at the way it's constructed, it, it might be due at least slightly.
0: It, it, it needs some tweaks.
1: Yeah. Um I think most
0: of the well you have to decide who's your top who's your top 3 or 4 forwards which which bottom six forwards are most valuable do the same with defense and then when you're left with whoever is movable for parts um then you have to decide Uh, then you have to start making moves. And I think that, you know, we can put Kachuk and Monaghan and probably Elias Lindholm in their top three or four forwards. Hannafin really should be number one or number two for their defense. Um, If you need to, you can always move Rasmus Anderson to Buffalo because they seem to like the name. Uh, <laughs> The Rasmus
1: triplets, okay
0: No, I think there's already actually three Rasmuses out in, in They've got Buffalo. a third Rasmus? I think it's a forward um, Ah
1: Gonna have to look that one up Has he played yet or is he still like waiting in the wings? Oh yeah, they do Four games played, Rasmus Ospland Yep uh, he
0: must be on the taxi squad right now. I don't see him on the main roster, but
1: nah, he's only played in poor games. But yes, they do. They have a ras- they have the Rasmus triplets. Wow, taxi squad, yeah. Three more, three more, and you get a set of steak knives. Absolutely, <laughs> but one of them has to be a goaltender. <laughs> so noted. Uh, so we talked about Torch briefly. Um, Torch did get. And I hate to say this, I really do. Yeah, but uh, Yarmo Kekalainen came out and he gave John Tortorella the vote of confidence.
0: Dude has been kissed on both cheeks, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's not looking good for uh, everyone's favorite media darling. Uh,
1: Tortorella has been – he's outspoken uh, or not spoken at all depending on how upset he is. He's been funny. He's been off the cuff. I mean when you take a phone from a reporter and – yeah, who's this? Uh, Yeah, he's supposed to be working right now. Um, Call your mom back when we're done. Call your mom back when we're done. (laughs) That's – that may be the most legitimately
0: funny thing in, like, coaching that was, interviews.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, he's, he's supposed Ever. to be working right now. Yeah, he's in an interview. Yeah, okay. I'll tell him. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Call your mom back when you're done. Call your mom back when you're done. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether the reporter should be happy that he got personal engagement from the coach or whether he should be extremely embarrassed that the coach did that to him both. <laughs> okay. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> because honestly, that was fairly <sighs> gentle. It was extremely gentle. I mean, he could have, he could oh, have said he, something rude to either at either party.
1: Yeah, but it's a mom. He wasn't going to do that. <clears throat> he, so John Totorella is 62. He's in his sixth season with the blue jackets. When he was told about the vote of confidence, he said, I appreciate that. I just hate having him. I just hate him having to do that. Uh, Kiko Linen has quoted as saying, the coaching staff gotten us, gotten us out of slumps before. They've done a great job in the past five or six years they've been here. They are the ones that are going to get us out of this gym as well with the team that we have. Then at the end of the article, it says, but when asked if Tortorella would finish the season as Blue Jackets coach, Kiko Linen noticeably pivoted away from that guarantee. Quote, what I said is that I have a hundred percent confidence that these coaches will get us out of this End quote. There's two parts to that answer <laughs> that I
0: genuinely, the first one I didn't pick up on, uh, the first time through the second one we discussed before the show, mm-hmm. <clears> the <throat> second one, that is the perfect answer that isn't because it is 100% clear as mud. Um, when he later clarifies the remark, he could, he could say, well, I never claimed that he was going to finish the season or I always had complete confidence in our coaching staff. <laughs> um, you know, if they managed to make it into the playoffs or even out of the first round, which is going to be a Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part, the second, uh, the first part, the one that I missed the first time around,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I don't know if you noticed it. I don't know how many how many people who saw the press conference noticed it. He's basically said, "Yep, okay. um, no one knew was coming through that door to fix this mess."
1: Yes, there's uh, with the team we have. Yeah, he's not making any. He's not planning on making any moves, any big moves, anyway. No, and no, no splashes. Uh,
0: I don't know if that's the right strategy given the type the, of players who might be available but Buffalo the thing is already he's said, already
1: made the big splash with with Dubois and bringing in Roslovic not that and, and Linea hasn't done much as far as I can tell I haven't heard his name reported a whole heck of a lot so I think he might be a little sour on acquiring the big names
0: <sighs> whether he's sour or not doesn't mean he shouldn't be looking into stirring the pot. I mean we've already talked about Buffalo is open for business.
1: Um, fair enough.
0: The Habs have fired their coach. The Flames have fired their coach. Um uh actually uh Line A is doing pretty solid. Ten points in sixteen games for the
1: Jackets. Oh, after okay. Uh, that's, that's, and that's decent. Then it's been quiet because they haven't really hyped him up. Haven't mentioned his name much on NHL network, things like that. So, but, but he's doing, he's doing it quietly and maybe that's going to help him in the long run because he was always, or appeared to always be in the news when he was with Winnipeg. So,
0: Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, if there's, if no other thing changes, between now and whether Tortorella is moved, removed or not. Something that's going to happen with whoever the next coach is, unless it's, yeah, whoever the next coach is, because I really can't think of anyone who draws media attention as a coach. I was going to say, Tortorella. that's
1: a really unsung
0: uh, part of, of
1: Tortorella. He manages to, because of the way he is, He deflects a lot of attention away from that team. My point, exactly.
0: I mean, how often have you heard, you know, Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski criticized for their injury history or, you know, having a couple of games in a row that were less than their best? Almost never. Right. It takes someone having serious slumps like uh, or wanting out of town Uh, In order for them to be the first name mentioned or they have to go on some gorgeous run like Elvis Merzlikens last year um, or already be like a legit league top 10 at their position, which Seth Jones obviously is in order to get much media attention or to get the first level of media attention after a game or after uh, a, a, a great week. John Tortorella shields those players a lot, and just about any coach who comes in there, unless it's someone like Guy Boucher who annoys the ever-loving snot <laughs> out of me. Um, yeah, I I think that those play, every single one of those players needs to prepare for life after Tortorella and having to take harder questions a lot more often yeah. from the media and see the see their answers pretzeled in the media all the time.
1: Yeah. Watching Tortorella, yeah, the sometimes you you watch him and you watch the antics, but with Tortorella, there's definitely a behind the scenes or or, he's he's not doing it just because he wants to blow up. Sure, he's aggravated at a reporter. Sure, he's aggravated about losing whatever he's doing it because now all the attention's on him. Those guys in the locker room can focus on being the guys in the locker room. And
0: those guys can all slip out of the building while his interview is going on because every single reporter knows if they leave before they get their John Tortorella quote of the night, <laughs> they're they might as well not show up to work the next day.
1: So coming coming to you sometime in the near future, Yarmulke name on a ballot? Um,
0: <laughs> yes. Probably for public office. Because uh, I don't think it's going to be for GM
1: of the year. Um, but with quotes like, you know, I said this, not this. And, uh, yeah. What else do we have?
0: Uh, we did have a segment we wanted to do. Do you think we
1: have time? Um... Uh, I've got four teams and four divisions, so we can certainly get it in if you'd like. How much time do we have?
0: Uh, we have about six minutes. I think we can I think I, I think we can do it.
1: All righty, then. We haven't done this segment in a while. We're bringing back add one. It's been a year. It, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, add one. So we got one team from each division, and they're going to be acquiring one team from a different division. No divisions repeated. In any uh, one of these player options. you
0: mean or one
1: yeah so if you're so if for example <clears throat> in the oh wait is it scotia the scotia bank or scotia north the edmonton oilers who yeah i'm not a big fan of edmonton but okay. they've got some decent players up there the question is is their defense or is their goaltending so they are turning their attention to a team in the West. Um, in the St. Louis Blues, you can either have Justin Falk or Jordan Binnington.
0: For Edmonton, I. That's tough because <laughs> their depth on defense isn't great. Mm hmm. But. Their goaltending. I also don't necessarily believe in Jordan Bennington.
1: I know. Uh, There could be a method to my madness here. (laughs) I
0: I think I'd have to, I think I'd have to go with, uh, with Justin Falk.
1: I actually was thinking the same thing as much as I'm not a huge fan of their goaltending. I think that, uh, I think Mike Smith still has enough to get himself through another season or two. And, If you can find some way to even out the starts, I think you can survive it. But bringing in Justin Falk uh, and putting him into your uh, top four defenseman, I think that certainly solidifies that position. So I think Justin Falk, correct answer. All right. I'd never give any other kind. Yeah, okay. Enough of that. So we've done the Scotia North. Uh, I have to actually – what is the West? Honda West. Honda West. Honda West. Arizona uh, flirting with a playoff spot. Um, but I think they need a little help with some goal scoring. Yeah. But their defense is a little bit on the older side with Chalmerson and Goligoski. So they're turning to the Scotia North and they're going to go to Vancouver where you can either have Brock Besser or Nate Schmidt. Brock Besser.
0: And I like Nate Schmidt a lot, but that's the forward Brock Besser knows what to do with the puck in the neutral zone and in the forward zone and in the offensive zone. And hopefully he can bring the rest of the the rest of the team to the mountaintop with him because those forwards are just not collectively useful offensively.
1: Fair enough. I mean, you've got guys like Christian Dvorak. Kiefer Bellows has underperformed since getting there, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, Connor Garland looks like a solid player.
0: And we hear nothing about him because he's in Arizona. I know. All right. I so mean, if there were going to be an all-star team, like an all-star event this year, you pretty much have to send Connor Garland from that roster.
1: I think the would get to go this year. I don't know. Uh it would be one of those two in my opinion though. It it's either that or you gotta send Darcy Kemper and there's just so many other good goaltenders that he's not gonna get he's not gonna get a vote. Probably because no. of the team he's on. So now we can move from the Honda West and make our way to the I don't even remember what they call the Central the, the Central Division. Yeah. <laughs> Where Chicago and their, in my opinion, candidate for the Jack Adams Award, Jeremy Carlton, doing the best he can, but uh, no tays, uh, no do- uh, no Kirby Doc, no Kirby Doc, and Brent Seabrook has retired. That's the one thing we forgot to mention today. Brent Seabrook has officially called it a career. I I don't even have the details. I'd have uh, more on that next week, I guess. Um, But, yeah, with defense and goal scoring. So they're turning to the Mass Mutual East and the Philadelphia Flyers. They can either have James Van Riemsdyk or Ivan Provorov.
0: I don't know. JBR is really good when he's healthy. Especially against the Bruins. Yeah. huh. I mean, designated Bruins killer. Um, uh, Provorov, I'm, I'm
1: kind. I don't want to say I'm lukewarm on, but I don't. I just, I, I didn't want to saddle. I didn't want to saddle Chicago with. Uh, Bear because of the potential for injury history. Uh, I think Provorov. Uh, Oh, Proverov brings a little offense to the blue line, and they, I think that they rely you know, a little too much on on Duncan Keith on the blue line.
0: I, I think I am going to have to go with Provorov. Um, he's sitting just under half a point per game. Mm-hmm. He's playing over twenty five minutes a game. Um, reasonable, actually, fairly good a uh, shooting percentage for a defenseman. Um, he's got five power play points.
1: Um, there was originally a goaltender in the mix for this one, but then some guy named Kevin Lankin and showed up. So,
0: <sighs> Yeah, I'm going to go with <laughs> Provorov and not feel bad about it.
1: Excellent, because any time you can give Kevin Lankin more protection, I'm with it. And finally, we move over to the Mass Mutual East, where the Islanders, who now apparently don't need any help because now they've vaulted into first place, but I figured with the loss of Devin Tays and uh, scoring seeming to be an issue, but uh, Pajot is starting to put the puck in the net, I figured they could turn to another first place team in the Central, and uh, With the Florida Panthers, you can either have Aaron Eckblad or Patrick Hornquist.
0: I mean, based on this season or based on their entire careers?
1: (laughs) That's up to you.
0: (laughs) Because based on this season, Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely confused about what's going on in Miami and where the whatever it is yeah. that they're doing, what the water in came from and how we can export it to a few other teams.
1: Um, well, you got Patrick Hornquist who has nine goals and 11 assists. He's a plus five. Uh, Aaron Eckblad has nine goals as well and eight assists for 17 points. He's a plus one. Uh, as a defenseman uh, and this is going to the Islanders going to the Islanders who, at the time that I put this together, needed a little help now it would appear that they don't, but I don't know I, I,
0: I am going to surprise you and go
1: with Patrick Hornquist. It is a little bit of a surprise, but not terribly so
0: um Hornquist is uh <clears throat> shall we say been around yep. Um, I want to say he has uh, a cup at some point. I thought it was with Pittsburgh. Might even have two now that I think of it. Um, And I think that the Islanders are good enough that adding an old guy, not that he's stupidly old, he's only 34, but someone who has been to the promised land um, is probably (sighs) even more valuable than adding – depth, uh, quality depth to the defense at this point.
1: See you. And um, I, same wavelength. That's why I put Hornquist there and not say a Huberdo or a
0: Well see if if you had if you had put Huberdo, I would have I would have picked a defenseman because Huberdo has really I think underperformed for most of his career. And I don't know that a change of scenery would I'm not sure a change of scenery when he's finally looking like a star um, yeah. would allow him to continue at this level.
1: I also think that the physical uh, – Patrick Hoenquist is not uh, – he, he might not He not shy be, away from the physicality, no. Yeah, he might not be your first choice in, in say, fighting or something. But Patrick Hoenquist is not afraid of contact. And no. I think that he fits in with the Islanders as far as being – a somewhat, I mean, they they are a somewhat physical team. I mean, it, it's not like they're all speed and finesse, and that's the end of it. No, I mean, it, it, but the defense in, in the defense on the island, they they they've got Noah Dobson who's starting to shine through. Pollock and Pelek. I still like Scott Mayfield. Always have. I don't think their defense is a big issue up there, and I think bringing in. And that's why I put him in there. I think bringing in Hornquist, who's been to the promised land, and bringing him onto a team where they've been close as far as making it to the second round and whatnot, having that extra voice in the locker room as far as dragging them maybe to another round. It just it seemed to be the uh, the in the the word I'm looking for
0: is the, the intangible. The, point,
1: the intangible. Yep. It seemed to be the intangible of bringing in Hornquist as opposed to just worrying about stats.
0: I mean, if you're looking for more justification, uh, hits per sixty, Ekblad is one point seven six. Hornquist is five point seven one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and of course Radko goudis is still in the NHL. So he's at 16.98 hits per 60.
1: (laughs) And oh, by the way, has managed to not get himself fined or suspended any time recently that I can remember.
0: Yeah, he's...
1: Surprisingly.
0: I won't say he's been a good little boy, but he's clearly avoided the most, the uh, high-level stupid.
1: By the way, there were 19 hits and... No wait. There were a total of 32 hits in the first period last night between Calgary and Edmonton. Not surprised. <laughs> 19 of them by Calgary. <laughs> I
0: I said this season was going to make rivalries live again. Uh, I Battle want to of see Alberta the is a good one. I want to see the numbers at the end of the season, but it feels it feels like fighting is up and hits are up. The hits might be up simply because teams are teams are traveling less
1: and
0: um, and so their legs are fresher.
1: Memories are fresher, too.
0: Oh, memories are definitely fresher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Numbers are taken. Memories are fresh and there is going to be a reckoning.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, I. Th- oh, one last thing to cover. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to cover it earlier in the show, but it just, uh, well, it just kept sliding. Um, Wayne Gretzky's father passed away and was laid to rest this week. Uh, Walter Gretzky, um, you should check out, uh, Mm -hmm. some of the eulogies, uh, or Wayne's eulogy and some of the tributes to him. Uh, this was, he was probably the first celebrity hockey parent, um, and he set a pretty solid example for everyone else not that all of those celebrity hockey parents managed to follow his example True. but some of them were certainly pretty
1: visible Um, well, I think we're seeing, I think you get to see I think we get to see more of the hockey parents nowadays uh, Nowadays, with the obviously multiple cameras and the fact that they 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 get more into when a player scores their first goal. I mean, you go back and watch uh, the DeBrusks when when Jake scored his first goal. I mean, Louis was crying. Uh, it's just it. I think it's a lot more visible now than it was when Wayne was playing, which was a long time ago. Yeah, I suppose.
0: I mean, he retired before most of the league was born.
1: (laughs) A very good point.
0: I mean, I don't know if there are 50 players in the NHL right now who actually were old enough to remember seeing him play.
1: I'd have to go back and count. I don't know.
0: Uh, Let's see. Wayne Gretzky is now 60 himself. Mm -hmm. His last season was 98, 99. Uh, Okay, so there's probably a few more players who might remember, but you set the bar at, say, 10 years old for clear memories. That means anyone not born before 89 Mm -hmm. probably doesn't remember him clearly. Okay. And To get an idea of when he was at his best, you probably needed to be born by, like, 75, because, you know, his best season where he had a mere 215 points in 80 games. Mid-80s? Yeah, 1984-85 season.
1: Oh, it was 84. Okay.
0: Uh, I mean, his last 100-point season was 93-94. Kings? Yes, it was. Thank you. And his, his short tenure with the St. Louis Blues was uh, yes was not horrible, but oh, I'm sorry. No, he did have his last 100 point season was actually the 95-96 season because he ended up with 102 points in 80 games.
1: Okay. I, our condolences go out to the Gretzky family.
0: And all their and all of Walter's friends and uh, and uh, family as well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we leave you. Uh, next week, we'll probably take a look into women's hockey. Uh, may have time for another ad one. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Stay safe. We'll talk about, talk about Seabrook's retirement too.
0: Talk about Brent Seabrook and his impact uh, and retirement.
1: Yet another defenseman that should have won a should have won a Norris.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening at Pucksage at the Op and we'll be right back at it next week. Take care.